0: The Giants Gamble, the final chapter of the Giants Gamble series. Chapter 30, Defeat. Mamreth's gone down into that hole, Killian said, so we'll need to do the same. Great, Rune said sarcastically. How about us small ones go through that door, Flint suggested, pointing to the doorway across the amphitheater arena. His Griffin croaked in agreement. Ah, you stay here, he told the creature. Quickly then, King Hecaton ordered, and the giants, plus Opal and Thea, who'd grown with their enlarging potions, crawled through the collapsed ground. Flint, Evelyn, Killian, and Rune ran for the doorway and descended a dark stairway, lit faintly by Evelyn's sunblade. They followed a long hallway and entered a chamber with light filtering through. They looked up and saw the roof where it had caved in and the giants crawling through. "'Oh, hello,' Opal said loudly, waving to them. Her voice echoed through the chamber. They greeted the giants and scanned their surroundings. There was only one doorway leading ahead, and it was wide open." They followed it through, avoiding any notion of stealth due to their numbers and the fact of half their party being unused to their over-large physiques. They travelled through near-darkness for several minutes, listening carefully. The small ones should go ahead of us, Harshnag said. They have good eyes and clever minds. Perhaps they will see what we cannot. Killian gave an acknowledging nod to the frost giant, and he, Rune, and Evelyn jogged ahead. A few hundred feet ahead, Evelyn spotted a smaller doorway to the right. "'Here!' she hissed. Cautiously, they opened the door and looked inside. "'Whoa!' Killian said. The room's walls were carved in strange runes. "'It's some sort of language,' Rune said. "'Looks like it's myths about someone named Gendar the Night Serpent,' Evelyn read, holding her glowing sword up for more light. "'You can read that?' Killian asked in surprise. "'Sure!' Evelyn shrugged. It's Abyssal. You can speak Abyssal? Rune asked, eyebrows raised. Oh, yes, the girl smiled in her haunting way. I know all sorts of dark languages. Sure, sure, Rune muttered uncomfortably. Well, sounds like it's not directly relevant to us finding Imrith. Besides, she wouldn't fit through this door. Shall we continue? They continued down the hallway until it split into two. One went right, the other left. They waited for the giants to catch up to them, and Hecaton suggested they try the right-hand passage, sending the giantess, Vasha, to scout ahead. She returned a minute later and reported a simple sinkhole trap and another doorway leading back up to the amphitheater. "'Left, then,' Thea said, and they moved ahead, still listening for any signs of the ancient blue dragon lurking somewhere in the caverns. "'Wait,' Evelyn said. "'Do you hear that?' They all stopped and listened." Rune could hear distant murmurings. Can you hear what they're saying? He whispered. They're speaking abyssal, the girl said, then shook her head. But it's too far away. I can't tell. She looked around at all of them. Let me go ahead of you and see what I can find. Wait. Rune touched her arm and a light passed into her and disappeared. Okay. Good luck. The white-haired girl turned and patted away on quiet feet. They waited in the hallway for several minutes, and the giants grew more uncomfortable, crammed as they were in such a small space. Finally, they saw white hair, and Evelyn returned, panting somewhat. "'What did you see?' Killian asked. "'Snake people,' she said. "'There's a statue of this big snake in some sort of temple room, and the snake people are performing a ritual.' "'When you say snake people,' Thea started. "'Half snake,' Evelyn gestured to her waist and lower.' Have people, then to her torso and up. Oh, and some have snakes for arms. She wiggled hers around in imitation. Great, the wizard said. Oh, we're so big now, Thea, Opal told the elf, as if that were comfort enough. So, yeah, Evelyn added, there are six of them coming this way. What? Killian hissed. Did they seem hostile? Rune asked her. She shook her head. Priest was giving a speech. He said something about us being necessary... "'and that they should let us claim the dragon's plunder.' "'How does he know we're here?' Flint demanded. "'Evelyn shrugged. "'He said it was in the prophecy.' "'Huh.' "'Rune scratched his head in surprise. "'Maybe Zephyros was right.' "'Zephyros, the cloud giant?' "'Orlecto, one of the giants, said in confusion. "'That's the guy,' Rune said with a flourishing snap of his finger. "'So we're not hiding, then,' Flint asked for clarification. "'We charge ahead,' Hecaton said.' and they all obeyed. They moved toward the room Evelyn had described, but saw no sign of the snake people. They approached a large, square doorway and saw the room. At the end of the room was a massive green statue of a basilisk with ivory fangs. Beneath the statue was a large pit. In the corners of the room were great piles of sand, but there were still no signs of snake people. They must have left, Evelyn said. Oh, or they all jumped into that pit. I saw one of them do that. I'm not sure why. Probably some weird ritual sacrifice shit, Flint said, gripping his axe nervously. They were about to step inside when they heard the echoing, growling voice of Imrith. I know you're there, the serpentine voice came, though there was no sign of her within the chamber. No, you don't, Opal squeaked. Come out and face me, the dragon hissed. Here we go, Rune said to Killian, touching his own chest and giving himself a temporary warding spell against lightning. You try to take my kingdom, Hecaton shouted, stepping into the room and holding up his greatsword. You deceive my daughters and so evil into my family. You want to see the ordning shattered? Now you must pay. Then the giant king roared to his compatriots, and they all rushed forward, harshening the frost giant quickly outstriding the rest of them. Rune saw her then, Imrith. He gulped down his potion of enlargement and shot 20 feet in the air. A strange heat moved through all his limbs as they stretched and expanded. A second later, Killian, Flint, and Evelyn drank their potions and stood next to him, flexing their giant hands. Evelyn drew her now massive swords and ran into the fight, streaking her arms with her own blood as she ran. Whoa, Rune exclaimed in a deep voice, flexing his muscles. "'This will make for a great story!' Flint shouted, charging after Evelyn with his axe. "'Good luck, friend,' the large Killian said, and then he was running too. Rune took a second to pull aside his waistband and glance down. "'Not bad,' he said appreciatively, then ran last into the fight. Lightning shattered into the stone wall, throwing bits of broken pieces in every direction and clouding the air with dust. Imrith had crawled in from the darkest corner of the room, sand streaming down her back. She roared and shot more lightning, but the storm giants absorbed the electricity and kept running. Thea's blade was dancing with light from her blade song, and Evelyn was shooting a sickly green acid from her sword at the dragon. Flint hit her with a massive crossbow bolt, and one caught her in the wing joint and broke off painfully. Rune was about to conjure his weapon over her head when she flapped her wings, knocking them off their feet, and flew up. She spun in a quick circle then dove headfirst into the pile of sand behind her. Her body was swallowed whole. What? Rune exclaimed as they all ran for the pile. Blue dragons, Hecaton spat, kicking at the sand. They can burrow incredibly fast through the sand. This desert is her domain. Move aside, Killian said, and they moved back at once. He threw up his hands and the sand started to shake and shift. Then it swirled into a whirlpool effect, showing them the tunnel through. Let's go, the sorcerer said, and they all jumped in, sliding through the swirling sands. Rune squeezed his eyes shut against the torrent as they rocketed forward, Killian following lastly. Rune grunted in pain as his feet hit solid ground, and his unusually large legs collapsed under him. He got to his feet, and Harshnag was cursing. The room was large enough to fit a dozen more giants and a blue dragon inside, but it was empty except for a few large piles of sparkling gold. This room's walls looked to have been clawed out rather than carved by man. Fight us, Imrith, Rune shouted, impressed by his giant-sized voice. Show yourself, or... or I'll piss on all your stuff. It was quiet for a moment, so Rune shrugged, pulled it out, and let a warm stream of piss onto the nearest pile of gold. "Eh, Rune, Thea said, shielding him from view with her hand. Is that completely ness? ah! The walls shook. And there were four tiny explosions as four air elementals appeared around them, swirling like tiny angry tornadoes. Three of them bowled into Rune and knocked him over, and he felt his head crack against stone. Everything went blurry and dark for a moment, and he heard shouting and explosions around him. Then he blinked a few times and found clarity, just as Imrith burst from another pile of sand, roared, and lit the cavern with blinding lightning. Flint shouted, i banish you!' while pointing at two of the air elementals, and two identical black vortexes appeared and sucked them in, then vanished. "'Well done, dwarf!' Thea shouted approvingly, as she slashed a third with her blade. "'Maybe you're not all stone-headed after all!' The giants were converging on Imrith, but Rune suddenly noticed Killian was standing directly beneath her, bombarded with attacks." A thin, shimmering blue magical shield surrounded his form as Imris slammed teeth and claw into it. Finally, she rammed into him with her tail, and he was knocked aside. Her attack on the sorcerer left her open to the other giants' attacks, as they tore pieces of the room apart and hurled whatever they could in her direction. Rune got to his feet and swirled his staff in his hands. Help me, Cloak Shadow, he said, and a flash of white light shot from his staff and blended with his companions, healing them he felt his own wounds from where he'd landed roughly. Flint, in all his dwarvish glory, destroyed the third air elemental with a well-placed swing. The fourth swathed a wide path around them and went for the king, who cut it cleanly in half with his massive blade and dispersed the winds. Harshnag! Killian shouted, getting unsteadily to his feet. Imrith turned her blue head toward him again, but Harshnag was running at her from the other direction. The two, who were now nearly the same height, slammed into each other as Killian grasped Harshnag's hand and threw him into the air. Harshnag, now defying gravity thanks to the sorcerer's flying spell, shot over Imrith's head and landed on her back. He hefted his great axe and slammed it into the back of her thick neck. There was a horrible, moaning scream from the dragon as the axe hit a nerve. She started to twitch as Harshnag wrenched the axe free, then slammed it down again, severing the neck cords. They all watched in awe as Imrith's face crackled with lightning, her expression going slack. Black smoke billowed from her nostrils, and her eyes rolled up into the back of her head as her neck, nearly cut all the way from her body, collapsed, followed by the rest of her. Harshneg's flying momentum carried him stumbling back a few paces where he hit the wall, then awkwardly flew down, flicking dragon's blood from his axe. They all whooped in victory. Harshneg, King Hecaton cried proudly, you've done it. She shouldn't have tried to kill me that last time the frost giant said, grinning. "'Thanks for the boost,' he added, nodding to Killian, who smiled in return. "'Is that it?' Opal asked, looking relieved. "'Are we done?' "'We need the stolen scepter,' Hecaton told her grimly. "'It should be around here somewhere.' "'Oh, I can help with that,' the Janassi smiled, her enlarged smile. She closed her eyes, and her eyelids glowed with purple light, then flew open a moment later. "'It's through that sand, there,' she said." and pointed to where Imrith had come through. There's a sarcophagus. She's hidden it inside. It didn't take long for Killian to pull aside the sand and for the giantess Menir to retrieve the scepter without difficulty. She handed it to her king, and he turned to them gratefully. Thank you, small folk. You have saved the Ordning. They all smiled at each other, allowing the victory to wash over them. Well, Killian said, elbowing Rune in the arm, "'They don't call us the giant saviors for nothing.' The party took their weight in gold, and the giants took the rest. Hecaton ordered Orlecto to wrap the dragon's head for a trophy to bring to their palace. Rune took a small token of the blue dragon for himself, a large, sparkling blue scale. Then they returned to the amphitheater and hailed their airship's captain. Martine met them in the hot, dry desert air, just above the collapsed ground. "'So, you defeated her.' the captain asked, shielding his eyes from the hot sun. Easily, Rune said, with a casual wave of his hands. Let's get this gold onto the airship before we're small again, Thea said, heaving an overlarge bag over her shoulder. They piled the gold onto the ship, then returned to Hecaton and his compatriots. Harshnag was again sweating profusely in the heat. I can't wait to get back to the mountains in snow, he proclaimed. "'You have done well,' Hecaton scanned their faces. "'All of you. How can we repay your deeds?' Rune spoke up first. "'Just remember that we're friends,' he suggested. "'And allies. It's good to have big allies.' King Hecaton gave him a large smile. "'Allies,' he chuckled, "'with small folk. (laughs) Har! I'm glad to see the day come.' With that, he gave them each a rough handshake, and with every one, they shrunk down to their normal sizes. Goodbye, giant saviors. Then he held a conch to his lips and blew into it. They all backed away as the bubble surrounded the giants, including Harshnag, and with a pop, they disappeared. I hope he doesn't mind, Opal said, pulling their conch out of her bag, that I still have this one. How else are we going to pop in and say hi to our new friends? Rune asked happily. Now what do we do? Evelyn asked, looking up at the floating airship. That's a good question, Killian agreed, and no one had an answer. They climbed aboard the ship, weighted heavily with gold, and soared through the desert heat back to familiar lands. Beatrice meowed and rubbed against Rune's leg, and he let the tressum flutter up into his arms. Good, ah, boy, I guess. Oh, told me I got it wrong, Beatrice purred. "'Look, man, I'm not a very good caretaker.' Beatrice tilted his head at Rune. "'How would you feel if I left you with Martine? You two seem to get along.' The tressum purred again, then licked his cheek and flew out of his arms and landed on the captain's wheel. He saw Martine scratch the tressum behind the ear as he steered them ahead. Rune then walked to the bow of the ship where Killian stood, his grey-streaked hair blowing back in the hot wind." He leaned against the railing and watched the landscape speed by beneath them. Well, we did that, he said to his friend. Save the world, the sailor nodded. Wasn't so bad, Rune said. No one died, Killian agreed. Except Bran. Oh, right. The humor died. So what are we going to do next? Have you thought about it at all? He asked his friend. Killian looked down at him, then let his gaze wander back over the horizon thoughtfully. Rune knew when the man needed time to think, and this was one of those times. So he patted the railing of the ship. Well, I'm always up for an adventure, and walked away. As he did, he remembered something. He stopped in his tracks. Oh! Rune closed his eyes and cast his mind out for Zephyros, the cloud giant. He found the familiar mind almost immediately. Hi, Zephyros. It's Rune. Guess what? We found Hecaton, killed an ancient blue dragon, and saved the giant ordining. How about that? Rune came the cheery voice of the cloud giant. I am not surprised at all by your success. You little folk are so resourceful. Now you know you were the chosen ones after all. Rune grinned to himself, then pulled a deck of marked cards from his coat pocket and went to find Evelyn. The end. You have just listened to the final of part three of The Giant's Gamble. Thanks so much for sticking around for this entire story. If you would like to read more of my works, you can visit my blog at alexisvienendolv.com or click the link in the show notes. I will be taking a few weeks off to post other short stories and poems before I move on to my next longer form series. Thanks so much for listening and feel free to share this on social media if you enjoyed the story.